Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with Rachel Ayres, who is the UK and Irish Director for Super Super Springs. And she was here today to talk about an initiative they're doing called Smart Student and Energy Efficiency Programme from Crossbrandon County Mayo. How are you doing, Rachel? Good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me here today. Tell us more about that project you're involved with in Mayo. Sure. So, so it's a project that we're doing in conjunction with the SEAI, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, who are focused on Ireland's transition yep. to a low-carbon society, and County Mayo. Mm-hmm. And um, it's to deploy an intelligent street lighting network and system across the whole town of Cross Malina together with um, an energy efficiency uh, programme for residents of the town inside Mm -hmm. their homes. So it's by virtue of having deployed the street lighting network, we now have an Internet of Things network canopy, as we call it, so a networking platform across the whole town, which is is there and available to use for future Internet of Things, what we call critical infrastructure connectivity applications. So you've got their platform you can add onto later on? It's like plug and play, more or less. Yeah, it's um, it's an open standards-based networking platform specifically designed for these kinds of things that need to talk to each other devices. Um, and, and yes, it can, it can integrate with any any Internet of Things device and man, many different software applications as well to deliver things like intelligent street lighting and energy efficiency. How long did it take to get this set up? Um, very quick. We, we deployed all of the street lights within less than a month. Um, and then the the energy efficiency part of the program is happening next month. Again, you know, each install takes a very a very small amount of time, so we think it'll be quick. And I guess you can talk the major savings made as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the street lighting side, it's something that we do a lot of in many cities around the world. So, a little bit about Silver Spring for those that don't know. It's uh, we're, we're a leading provider of Internet of Things. Um, platforms and network across the globe we're on five continents we have around 23 and a half million devices connected to our network um, a, a big part of what we do is intelligent street lighting that that typically can reduce for example traffic accidents for citizens by around one percent um, it can save cost in street lighting so an aging street lighting infrastructure can be up to 40% of a council's energy budget. Yeah. So, so managing and controlling that energy consumption and the use of those lights can, can have huge impacts on, on budgets. And likewise in the home, um, the energy efficiency type interfaces that we're going to be providing in the town across Malina are the sorts of things that engage people with their energy use and, and allow them to, um, to reduce their consumption, uh, find ways to be more energy efficient. What about stuff like bad weather, like, like air floods? Can you help work with that as well? Well, that's something we're actively looking at. So um, it's obviously a big issue in Ireland. It's a big issue in the UK, which is the other part of my region. Um, and, you know, as I said, it's an open standards-based platform. So as long as a sensor can connect into that platform, we can find ways to bring bring flood data back into the, into the interface that the councils use. And what kind of uh, products are you involved with as well? Um, lots and lots of different things around the world. We do a lot of smart energy meters. We do a lot of devices on on power grids. So things like connecting renewable generation and all of the kind of switching and, and big kind of control systems that you see on power grids. 
street lighting we've talked about, EV chargers, pollution monitors, traffic lights, um, waste management, parking, almost you name it, things that are on highways we can connect. And how do you work in an area where there's very low low, uh, connectivity of broadband, etc.? So broadband is not so much an issue because we we tend to th- these are dedicated um, critical infrastructure networks, if you like. So so they they self manage and, and self propagate and self heal and all that kind of thing amongst all the devices that they're controlling. Um, we do usually need some what we call backhaul. Um, so so we'll typically for that use a cellular connection, a SIM card in yeah. one of the devices. But we're fairly flexible about where that can be in the network. So as long as there's a cellular signal somewhere in the region that you're working then it's typically fine a lot of time in the past in certain towns in Ireland you get a bad phone signal yes and if you can't get around that what would your solutions be um, so we can use we can use other types of connectivity, you know, um, fiber. Yeah. Um, we, we've used satellite. We've used microwave. But because it's a flexible system, and you you can put the what we call backhaul anywhere, mm-hmm. we can usually find somewhere where there's some sort of signal. And where else you to go to in Ireland? Or the Mayo? Have you got plans to go in other parts? Yeah, I mean, well, Ireland's a major focus for us in Europe, and there's there's two or three reasons for that. Um, one is, you know, energy's uh, Ireland's focus on the low carbon energy system, so it's a real leader in Europe in terms of things like wind power, um, energy efficiency. There's lots of programs that that are, that are happening in that area. It's also really focused on CO2 reductions in the public sector. Um, and, and then probably most important, it's a fairly small and innovative country um, and, and therefore there seems to be lots of opportunity to, to move these kinds of initiatives forward um, and for collaboration between all of the different stakeholders. So yeah, we, we are planning and would love to do much more in, in all different parts of the country. Is it kind of big towns or, big, or, or small towns or big cities? Um, no preference really. Yeah. I mean, we, we're working more and more in, in small places now. I mean, if you look around the globe at the kind of projects we've done, a lot of them have been in, in large cities, so places like Miami, Paris, Copenhagen. Um, but but then we we you know Cross Malina is a good example of a of a. A, a small-ish rural town that, that still had drivers to reduce cost and improve energy efficiency. So, so you know, we're we're keen on both types of environment, really. And how long have you been actually actively involved in the area as a company? Um, probably engaged in the market for four or five years. Um, we, you know, we've done bits and bobs in bits of Dublin in the past, trials and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but but it's a, like I say, it's a real focus for us now, and we're we're planning on you know we're setting up our organisation in the country um, and, and planning on a lot more focus on Ireland now. And what areas you kind of go to for next, like for the moment, for example, like bus smart bikes, planning to get involved in that kind of area. Where's next for you guys? It kind of depends on the drivers. So what we're, what we're finding is every local authority has different drivers. So, um, you know, in somewhere like London, for example, pollution is a big driver and transport is a big driver. Whereas somewhere like Glasgow, where we've done the, um, the, the UK's Future Cities Demonstrator, it's things like city resilience and crime. Um, so, so it really depends, you know, Dublin, um, Cork, what do the big cities want to focus on and what do the more rural areas want to focus on in Ireland? We hear things like flood monitoring, 
um, you know, in the cities, congestion management, that kind of thing. Um, street lighting is, is a big thing, obviously, in Ireland as well. Because yeah, I guess if you can actually have the monitor set so it knows what time it's going to be sunset and what's going to be daylight, so the lights only go on when it knows it's going to be dark and when it's going to be light turns off. That's exactly it. That's it, and it does it does kind of gradual increasing and decreasing of light levels as well, based on the, the sun doesn't rise and set instantly like yeah. at the flick of a switch. It, it happens gradually. The the other really um, quite cool thing that you can do with intelligent street lighting is what we call dynamic lighting, mm-hmm. and this is something we've done in in Glasgow, where the lights are dimmed at yeah. night because there's no one around, so they can be heavily dimmed if you want them to. Um, and then you have sensors that can tell when there's occupancy in the street. So, say if a cyclist cycles past, the lights can come up for the yeah. period of time that there are people there and then go back down again. So, so citizens feel that they're being served. Yeah. Um, but you can also save huge amounts of money, you know, coming back to that, that 40% of the energy budget for, for ageing lights. Um, there's a lot yeah. of savings to be made. Yes, that's basically something. Because in the past, I always streamed that with these smart lights. At night time they turn on, and then they stay on the night, but in the daytime they turn off because they know when it's daytime. But if you're in a habit where it can just only, only turns on when somebody's, somebody's in the area, that means you're making a lot more savings as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the cost savings for that are, are, are really high, potentially. And how often uh, would you have to replace light bulbs and that kind of stuff in these, in these uh, IoT devices or anything else? Well, that's really a question for the council and the type of, you know, the individual local authority and the type of lights that they have, because, you know, there's been this big transition to LED lighting over recent years. The previous technology, a lot of the previous technologies are still in in situ in local authorities. So that's that's the kind of decision um, they will ultimately make. But the systems that we've put in do allow you to monitor the condition of the lights, for example, and do predictive maintenance and, you know, change the way you do replacement cycles and that kind of thing. And have you got apps you can use with your, with your uh, technology so that if you're a, a user you can change how it works with your app on the phone? Yeah, I mean, the, the platform that Silverspring um, delivers is an open standards-based um, data and networking platform. So, um, so as well as being able to connect to any Internet of Things device, it also has an App Store model, a bit like the Android model. Yeah. So there are lots of different apps sitting on our platform, you know, like the Street Lighting Control app, for example. That's one that we developed but there are third-party apps and, you know, some of the utility customers that we have have developed their own applications. So the possibilities are, are endless, really, in that sense. And are they ended on iOS, or what, what devices can be, they have to be used with? Um, well, they're, they're any devices that are on our on our network. Yeah. So so they, the, the data comes from those devices into the data platform and then is consumed by those applications. So the, 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 one in, the energy efficiency one in Crossmaliner is a good example. So that's taking data through the networking platform and telling consumers how much energy they're using and what it's costing them, how that compares to last week or last year, for example. I guess, for example, if you're in a, in a local council and you're getting these bills coming through and you can see it saving your money, then it's a, I guess it's a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's certainly a focus area for many of the councils in Ireland. Because for me, the always thing is, how do you save money? And how do you show basically your, your residents in the area you're saving them money? And having technology in place, they can actually see without even having to know the bills. They know because this technology is there, they know for 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 start saving money. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's the key thing. But also having the services that they want. So you no longer need to phone in to the council to tell them that a streetlight isn't working because that will be visible in the yeah. system and the council will know and will fix it sooner. Yeah, so, yes, basically they'll probably have to look to tell them if the light's gone down in a certain area or something's not working, it's not going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than going around every night scouting, I mean, a lot of councils do that. They, they go and just physically walk around the town or the yeah. city and check, so they no longer need yeah. to do that. Or they remind some of you and bring you up to tell them, by the way, lights come down and my switch can be fixed. Yes. And at times in the past, you get a light that would be months without being fixed. Yes. Nobody really cared, or it didn't want to good at that time, or just the, uh, the lights were in a place that are hard to access. Was it getting that technology you're using? You're making sure that any technology you're using is easy to come in, repair, and fix it if it needs to be. You mean our technology? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, typically, uh, so in Cross Malina, the council and the installer partner, Electric Skyline, has spares. So they can, if, if something goes wrong with one of the nodes, it's a, it's a plug-in yeah. set, um, device. So they just unscrew it and replace it with, with another one. So, yeah, they're really easy. To... I know in the past with streetlights, you had to basically have a special vehicle that can go up and to, to go and replace it. Whereas now with these nodes you're talking about, it's easy to just go and fix it with less hassle. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff that can be done remotely, troubleshooting that can be done remotely over the internet. Yeah. I mean, if something physically breaks, then then yes, you do have to go fix it. But that's, that's you know, a very, very small percentage of cases that happens. And where do you plan to be going in the next five years? Within Ireland? Or Ar- yeah, Ireland globally? and then also the rest of the world. So, um, so start well. Starting with the global picture, um, we have twenty three point six million devices on the network on five continents. Um, we pl- our plan is to increase that. We've also over the years we started with a utility focus. We've become more cities focused over the last few years. I think inevitably that focus will broaden for our company. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, we would we, we can see real opportunity in the Internet of Things. Um, we would like to be delivering more services to councils, to other stakeholders, people in the energy world, um, and on and on. And how do you make sure everything you have is secure? So we've we've because we work for a lot of the American utilities, we've uh, running uh, devices on their power grids. We've had to implement a really robust security model. Yeah. So um, there are lots of different layers of security and encryption and key management um, across the whole platform. Um, so, uh, and I'm no expert, but I'm told that if you try to hack into one device, even if you're in the network, yeah. even if you're successful in doing that, you can't get any further. You can't get to the next device in the chain. Uh, you know, to, to our knowledge, we've never had a, a breach, and, and we have to maintain that level of security right through the yeah. architecture. So, I guess the level of security you use in America are the same you're going to use worldwide? Yeah, our, our products are a global standard product, so um, so we have the same security um, for all, all deployments. I've seen times in the past companies have decided each region will have different, different ways of doing things, whereas if you're not standardised, it means basically less hassle because it's more secure, and you know no matter where you are in the world, you're, you're working with the same standards. Yes, exactly. I mean, we have to do things like tune our radios for different regions because the rules about spectrum are different, for example, but that's all done um, uh, non-manually so that so the physical product is, is the same around the world. Right. Rachel, thanks so much for that. That was great. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. thanks very much. Thank you.